Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Daydream Rules podcast. I am really overjoyed to bring you a beautiful conversation with Marissa of Cyclical Body today. I am working with Marissa personally and I'm also in her membership program and it honestly feels like such a gift. Um, as you know, I've been becoming more curious about hormonal health and cyclical living this year in some ways out of necessity because I was really struggling with hormonal imbalances over the last few years and Marissa's work feels really exciting and accessible and, and nurturing to me and so I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Um, it's just a little snippet of all the wisdom that she shares around these topics um, but I think it's a beautiful gateway if you're interested and yeah, I hope you you check her work out as well. Um, she also has a really beautiful Instagram account and her newsletter is honestly one of my favorites uh, on the internet. Um, I said to her, I have this little folder where I save emails or newsletters that I want to read again and hers frequently make it in there. So yeah, um, if you're interested, check that out. Um, and here's a little bit of what we talked about. So we spoke about living in deeper harmony with our bodies and what that means to us and also about menstrual cycles as teachers and about finding more inclusive authentic and open language around our bodies and um, we also spoke a little bit about shifting out of seeing our bodies as enemies and about finding gateways for embodied exploration so oh, just as i'm hearing these words i want to listen to this conversation again um, over and over and I'm just so glad to know Marissa and I hope you like the conversation too. Just a few notes from me before we begin. A small reminder actually that I'm also a web designer and tech fairy so in case you don't know I run another business called Yarrow Digital at yarrowdigital.com and I work with people who are in the healing or creative field who are interested in building businesses that feel good and fun to work in and that are sustainable. So I create custom WordPress websites and I also help people with tech setups. So I offer software consultations, long-term support around strategies in, um, in the areas of content and social media, as well as course building and launches. And I love that work a ton, honestly. Even um, if I don't talk about it very much over on here, it is very close to my heart and if that's of interest to you, then please feel free to head over to yarrowdigital.com. This is also in the show notes and you can book a free call over there to see if working together might feel good. Otherwise, Embodied Magic, my membership program, is in full swing. As you might have heard in the last episode, I have brought the sliding scale back. So it's available to all patrons. You can pledge three, six, or nine dollars on a sliding scale, and you will receive a monthly package of magic um, on a specific theme, as well as the chance to join two calls or circles that we have each month um, just to share and explore together um, and just be together, which I really love. So we write and create zines together and just get to know each other, which feels really sweet. Next month in November, I'm also hosting our first grief circle. Um, because I'm interested in exploring ways in which we can be more authentic and our whole selves online. Um, it's so tempting, I think, to just share our best sides and insights and the inspiration that we have, but actually there's so much more to life, so I want to create spaces in which we can hold, hold that too, and I would love you to join us. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, checking that out, and wishing you a really beautiful day. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I'm really excited about this one and I know I always say that because I'm super lucky to get to speak to really beautiful people on this podcast and yeah, in this case today I'm speaking to Marissa of Cyclical Bodies, um, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while, but then eventually I had the courage to be like, hey, do you want to come on the show? Um, so Marissa is offering a really beautiful way to learn about our cyclical bodies and about menstruation and hormones and living in a more harmonious way. Um, I'm in her membership program, so I um, join little circles and I've just already learned so much from watching a couple of workshop replays and 
to me, it felt like a really accessible, beautiful and engaging and inspiring way of learning. And I want to say that I've been interesting, interested in like learning more about my cycle for a long time. And in my 20s, have have done um, a little bit of training that I found really exciting. But I've, I've just never really found a space where I felt totally seen and like really welcome as my whole queer self sometimes there were spaces where I felt like there was a very heteronormative focus where it was a lot about fertility and getting pregnant and not getting pregnant I think these topics are really important and I've learned about them too but I just feel like that the space that Marissa has created is very open and inclusive and that I get to engage with different things in my own time and in my own way and that's just really valuable and super beautiful to me so yeah thank you so much for being here and for doing the work that you're doing I'm really excited to speak to you Mm, thank you so much yeah it's so lovely to hear all of that um and get to chat with you it feels super good to be connecting in this way um yeah thank you thank you um I always like to start a conversation um by kind of grounding a little bit in time and space. So we're recording this at the very end of July. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you can tell us um, where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. Yeah. Um, so I am in so-called San Diego, California, which is south of Los Angeles. And about, an, depending on where you are, it's, it's right up against the illusory Mexico U.S. border, and it is Kumeyaay territory, and where my home is, I'm about 20 minutes from the ocean, and this is the the landscape that I grew up in. This is where I grew up. This is where my family is, um, and we had more rain this year than we've had in a very long time, and so everything this spring and even now into summer is really really blossoming in a big way um if you saw any images of the wildflower super bloom happening in the deserts nearby we also had those super blooms even just in our backyards um, and in wild spaces and in the city um, because there was so much rain and then so much sunshine um and right now it's starting to get to that space where um, it gets really hot here. It gets quite hot and it's starting to get to that space where the sun is starting to dry things out and um, things, many things are still growing and blossoming and becoming, um, but a lot of things have also reached their fullest and are now starting to kind of dry out and go to seed. um, And the heat is really starting to happen um, and so the ocean is really helpful for that. And the ocean is, um, yeah, just such a spiritual space for me, such a grounding space for me. Um, and yeah, that's a big part of, of this landscape is the, the salt water. Mm-hmm. That sounds beautiful. I wish I could come and see <clears throat> The flowers bloom. Yeah, it sounds incredible. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> my next question is, um, I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about your work and how you came to do it. Yeah, I would love to. Um, it's funny. I usually have two answers to this question, depending on who is asking and kind of my intuitive sense of how much they really want to know um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and what what they're um what they're in a space to receive and hear and and what they're not um and the kind of more surface level answer that is still totally and completely true and um really dear and um deep for me as well is that i my kind of doorway into this work and into Um, my personal path of study was through the lens of traditional midwifery and through um, the doorway of doula work and birth work. Um, And yeah, that whole kind of lineage of learning about 
trusting our bodies, trusting the body, um, trusting that the body knows what it's doing in the realm of birth. Um, and in that process, thinking that I'd become a midwife, um, I found my teachers that felt really good to me. I was practicing as a doula and attending births. At one point, I had um, gone to Peru to attend one of my friend's births who lives in Peru and um, ended up working with a midwife. I had a brief apprenticeship there with a midwife, attending births with her there. Um, And then at some point, really um, getting kind of obsessed with the menstrual cycle, Um, and our hormones and just this story that our bodies tell through this through these cyclical shifts Um, and realize that there wasn't really a lot of folks around me just teaching about the menstrual cycle in a way that felt like it was really honoring the big experience that I was having inside of it Um, like you said a focus on like getting pregnant or not getting pregnant. Um, And then even it being about um, almost finding this like dogmatic way of looking at it of like, oh, if you want to learn about your menstrual cycle, then you need to feel like a goddess all the time and you need to love your blood and this is what it looks like. And this is how you have a spiritual connection to your body and your blood. And, um, and that started to feel really, um, untrue for me, Mm -hmm. um, and started to feel inauthentic to me. Um, and I was blessed to have a teacher who was, very much in reverence towards physiology and um, what the body is saying. And I love physiology because it's this, it's this story that is not made up by the human mind. Like it's a story and it, it, it's something we can follow. And um, there's a, a friend who sees the stars this way, who um, maps the stars and can look up at the sky and and know where they are um, based on the constellations above them. And I first heard them say that about the stars, that they look up at the stars and it's this story that the stars tell that doesn't have this human mind interference to it. And so it, can never really go away even if we forget and I feel that way about the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. it's just this story that's being told whether we're listening or not um and so it feels like this really direct connection um and the the deeper piece that I don't always tell folks is that I really came to this work through coming to terms with the trauma that I was holding in my body um, and in my uterus and in my self-identified womb space um, from my ancestors, from my lineage. Um, And really almost out of nowhere, um, having this visceral realization of what I was holding in my body um, and feeling the stories that some I knew on a mental level, some stories had been told to me of the trauma that my mother and her mother experienced. Um, but then also realizing that there was a deeper piece that my body was holding these memories um, and these stories and this kind of um, matrix of DNA and genetics and um Yeah, so that is really what, um, that was the beginning of my inquiry and um, kind of going down the rabbit hole of, wow, okay, if this space can hold trauma in this way, then what is the power of this space? What else does it hold? What else does it remember? Mm -hmm. That's very much the the foundation of my own 
personal, um, which of course is such a collective story as well. Um, but that's kind of my own, yeah, personal igniting of walking on this path. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, that's beautiful to hear. And it really feels like very super related about to me. I love what you said about the story and the comparison to the sky and also um, this remembrance that where there's trauma and intergenerational messaging being passed on, there can also be so much wisdom and resilience. That's something that I definitely also need to remind myself of when I feel like I'm drowning into, I'm drowning in these patterns and I keep repeating things that I, I know really want to let go of and want to come more to a space of really listening to my body. So, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I know you're sharing quite a bit about this um, in the membership, but I wonder if you would share with all of us a little bit more about what kind of self-care practices you're um, currently feeling excited about. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, I feel like so much of my life revolves around remembering how to and when to care for my body. Um, and then really playing with and anchoring into this practice of, um, seeing my caring for my body as, a way to honor the gift of having a body mm-hmm. and um, yeah, really being with this creature of the body and loving this creature of the body and learning more about it and kind of attending to it as the mystery, but also as a close friend. Um, and so, yeah, saying all that, just to say that there's, there's so many um self-care practices that are just a part of my daily life um but right now the the one that is the most um intriguing and kind of calling to me is being in the garden working in the garden in the last two weeks or so it's actually been really hard for me to do anything else um just feeling the sun and the heat in the garden and kind of the intensity of that has felt really nourishing to my physical animal body. Um, the, the heavy lifting and the sweating, um, and that intimacy with the earth and watching things grow has been really, really nourishing to me, um, in the last few weeks or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds great, especially with the blooming and the rain and the sun and all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, what do you wish that every cyclical being knew about their bodies? I feel like you have such a beautiful way of bringing people in and making this this kind of expansion of thought available to all kinds of people. So I would love to know if there's something or a few things that you feel you wish everyone knew. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, there's a few things that feel just like the, the essence of what I want, of what I'm trying to share, um, and feel like the essence of what I'm always saying just in different words. (laughs) And one of them is that our bodies know how to heal and that our bodies want to heal and that our bodies know what they're doing. Um, I think it's really easy and so understandable to be a menstruating person, to be a person that has these monthly or so cyclical shifts and to feel like our bodies are our enemy or our bodies are um, working against us in some way, whether it's because we're in that cultural thought form, that social thought form, that um, menstruation is dirty, that menstruation is gross, um, that having 
monthly hormonal shifts that mirror the moon um, inherently makes you um, more hysterical or whatever that social um, indoctrination came through as for each of us differently, but that similar kind of, um, yeah, thinking that menstruation is inherently bad. Um, and then even getting out of that and trying to start to have a relationship with the body and with the cycle and feeling super confused by different imbalances and symptoms and pain and things that are happening. Um, and it's so understandable because it's like our world is not set up to be friendly towards cyclical bodies in any way. And we can scale that all the way to the earth and the way that um, we've on a um, mainstream level tended to the cycles of the earth and have seen the the cycles of the earth as something that need to be controlled um, as something that is an inconvenience to production and to capitalism essentially um, and just thinking about the way that most of our daily lives are set up if, if we want to survive if we have a job um, if we're yeah living in the world the unfortunately the structure around us isn't set up to support a cyclical body and so our bodies are so smart and so wise um, and so responsive that they're responding to this messaging. They're responding and doing their best to be vital and to be healthy. Um, but the messaging that they're getting on all levels is that it's it would really be better if we didn't have to do this, this cyclical dance, essentially. Um, and so I think people can get or feel kind of um, desperate or um, left behind by their bodies and like there's nothing to connect to, nothing to hold on to. Um, and so I really just like to anchor in that whatever our bodies are doing, whatever our bodies are expressing, whatever symptoms or imbalances we're currently experiencing um, is some iteration of health that our body is is expressing and um, playing out in order to get to the most vital state. Um, and that really all we need to know how to do, it's actually not knowing how to do, but all we need to be willing to do is to listen to the body. Um, and that sounds really simple, and I love how simple it is, um, but it's also incredibly hard because, again, everywhere we turn, we're kind of being inundated with stimuli that encourages us to cut off sensation from the body, mm -hmm. um, to be mind-centric, to elevate the value of thought above all else, um, to elevate, quote-unquote, rational thinking that comes from the mind and logic above all else um and so this practice of of listening to the body um is really a a practice that i don't think ever ends or ever becomes something other than a practice i think it's a daily meeting and a daily practice um much like someone would approach a meditation practice or a yoga practice or something that you you come to each day with a new um, new perspective and fresh sight and fresh eyes to meet this body mm -hmm. um, in a way that makes space for it to express what's happening in that moment. Um, and yeah, I think for me, that's, that's really the core of what I want to share always. <laughs> yeah that's beautiful thank you i was nodding along which no one can see but it was really nice to listen to you and speak about your work and something that also just came to mind was like i know that in times of um 
change and big questions and eclipse seasons and I'm traveling a lot this summer so <clears throat> I'm always looking for this kind of anchoring and I feel in our culture so often we're conditioned or like encouraged to really look outside ourselves and to like mm -hmm. buy a new yoga mat or um, get this thing that can then provide this daily habit and I think I just really love this idea of listening to our bodies as a devotional daily practice and as a starting point for everything else that we might want to be doing like movement or meditation or writing or you know drinking a special kind of tea or something it feels like a really beautiful inherent accessible way to start which is so common sense like I can't believe that I have to relearn that connection and that I, I need to unlearn so much else to get there but I'm also really excited that we're having this conversation and I really want to hold and believe that that's possible hmm. yeah yeah I think you said it um that it's yeah it can be this um point of orientation mm -hmm. to um feel yeah in connection to the body in a way that allows us to ask and hear answers and be guided and be directed um and yet yeah, to feel a sense of of home and anchoring wherever we are as we exist in inside of the body um and again yeah i, I love how i i hear and feel that sentiment of a frustration that i I do often find myself in when I see the different ways that being cut off from our body manifests. Um, and I love how simple and wide it is, this um, yeah, practice of listening to the body and how it, it makes space for what that needs to look like for each person. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much because it feels like, yeah, just like you said, a, a point of access, a point of um, of connection that exists inside of the self that mm -hmm. every single person can have access to um, and has a right to. Yeah. 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 Um, also funny, as, as I'm talking to you, I'm kind of resting my forehead. I was just um, like letting my fingers run across my forehead and I, I feel so crazy right now and it's something I hardly... <laughs> ever pay attention to is like the, the really quite intense ways that my my skin is changing for mm. cycles and I was just feeling like mm, oh yeah I really <laughs> pay more attention to that um so I'm wondering <clears throat> if anyone is listening and I'm sure there's lots of people listening that have never had a space um to explore these questions in kind of more depth or um yeah, or in this particular way. And I I know a lot of people in my, in my I was going to say cycle, I mean circle, that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> but anyway, um, I just know a lot of us are kind of experiencing symptoms that are difficult related to our cycles or feel frustrated about things like mood swings and energy levels. And, and it can feel really overwhelming to try and like Google specific things and find information. And I know so many of us are also kind of being turned away by health professionals or at least not really given the space. So I think I, for example, um, I'm, I'm 33 now and since my late 20s I, I'm noticing that after I, I really I totally crash and I get really, really sad and tired and so it's not conventionally what would be conventionally described as PMS I'm actually quite okay before my period and during my period but this period after um, ovulation I'm just really needing three days to just have good cries and be in bed and I'm, I notice that I can work around it and I feel like I'm exploring really cool things that help a bit um but still I am in the space of feeling quite frustrated that all I've been offered by the doctors that I've been seeing is the pill and mm -hmm. really there weren't any kind of further questions um about my life as a whole and so um I know you can't you know give give an answer to everyone and all the different things that we're experiencing but I wonder if anything comes to mind as kind of like a practical starting point for people that want to learn more. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I think on a, yeah, foundations level, if you want to start having some kind of relationship with your cycle um, or starting to engage with it in a different way for those who don't yet um, is to start to track the cycle. Um, And I mean this in a different way than something like the symptothermal method, which is also amazing and I totally recommend doing, which is um, the charting the three primary fertility signs of daily basal body temperature, um, daily cervical fluid, and um, cervical positioning checking. That can all together tell us um, when we've ovulated or when we're close to ovulation. And... Um, but I always recommend for people to start tracking their journal, their cycle in a journal. Um, and to begin, if you have no information about any other um, secondary fertility signs or ways that your body tells you where you're at in your cycle, you can just simply, um, if you are experiencing a bleed, you can just simply write down the first day of your menstrual phase, your menstruation, each cycle, and look at how consistent it is, um, how many days apart it is each cycle from the first day of menstruation to the next first day of menstruation of the next cycle, um, and to journal about it in a way where you give yourself space to write down whatever wants to come through. Um, I think it's really lovely to do a daily charting, daily writing, even if you're just writing one word about how you're feeling um, and writing down what your cervical mucus looks like, all kind of coinciding these physiologic symptoms with the more subtle emotional, spiritual sensations that we're having can give a really um, in-depth picture into your particular cycle and people i you know see people notice patterns that is only particular to their cycle that no one else could tell them would happen and so i think that's a super important place to start is to just start observing your own patterns your own rhythms um and writing down any information that you can or being aware of any information that you can. So just like you said, you know, noticing these super subtle things that you could easily not notice, taking a moment to just say, what might this have to do with where I'm at in my cycle? Where am I in my cycle? Would that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Things like that. Um, And I think the, yeah, like you said, it's because I work so holistically Um, I'm looking at so many lifestyle things and so many emotional things when someone is working with an imbalance. Um, But I think a beautiful place for everyone to start, if you're at a point of frustration with your cycle, with your body, um, is um, as frustrating as it may sound is to accept the body accept your body, accept your cycle where it is in the way that it's expressing. Um, I think because of the dominant Western medical paradigm, there is such a knee-jerk reaction to throw um, fix-it remedies at our bodies. And what fix-it means within that languaging is make the symptoms go away without really needing to understand what's what the body is trying to tell us. And um, yeah, so to, to accept the body where it's at. And I think that um, that knee jerk reaction to just go into fix it mode is still totally prevalent in more um, holistic kind of spiritual spaces. A lot of times we're working with the same um, kind of paradigm. We're just changing the languaging. Um, And so, yeah, really 
making space to accept the body where it's at um, and to find an understanding that actually our bodies are working so hard to try to be in balance inside of a world that has um, so much going on that can easily throw our bodies out of balance that are yeah, our bodies, again, are so responsive and so sensitive that they're responding to the environment. Um, and so finding a place of understanding and acceptance and witness of, of the body and that it's doing its best um, and making space for that. And I've seen people's cycles change drastically just through that simple practice of changing the mindset from what is going wrong with my body, what is wrong with my body, into um how can I hear my body how can I make space for my body how can I care for my body um in the way that it's showing up and um yeah so I think that's of course it's very broad um but I think that's a powerful place for everyone to start no matter where you are on your journey um yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I um, definitely feel inspired to dive deeper into that. I use a little tracking app, and that's good. But I really would like to do some writing as well and some more observing um, of all the different elements that are kind of shifting and changing each month. Yeah, there are so many subtleties Mm -hmm. um, that after you see it for a few cycles, it it can feel so... um, concrete so clear and of course our bodies are always changing as well um but it's really beautiful to it's yeah it's deepening in relationship the same way that it feels good to get to know someone better that you want to get to know or understand someone better that you want to understand better there's this reciprocity and this exchange that is really beautiful to experience with our own selves mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I also, um, <clears throat> I know, you know, you're offering this membership and you're working with people one-on-one and I, I would, I'm wondering kind of what other unexpected things sometimes happen for people when they start paying attention to their cycle. Um, I know that I have really benefited so much from kind of structuring my creativity more about those um, ups and flows in my energy levels and it's brought me so much more freedom to be okay with like not being productive or creative at certain points in my cycle. And like you said, this, I think this acceptance is really powerful. So yeah, I wonder if you can say some more about that. Yeah. I love hearing that. And and that is something that I hear a lot um, is yeah. Just shifting the way that we relate to our creative energy and the way that we relate to ourselves and our worth outside of um, a paradigm that says we're only as worthy as what we produce. Um, I think to um, often the most, most common thing that I hear, and this is often um, in spaces where I'm teaching a workshop in a, a new community or a space that I haven't been in before, Um, and the sentiment is always like, why didn't I already know this? Why didn't anyone ever teach me this? And there's often a sense of reclamation, um, that looks different for everyone. And I think it often is tied into kind of an ancestral reclamation, um, of, oh, okay, this, this information is my birthright. Um, it's my birthright to know about my body and um that often inspires people to want to share with others about how the cycle works um which is really sweet um and also a sense of agency and a sense of remembrance that we are active participants in this life um and that we aren't that we don't need to just wait for someone else to tell us what to do or what's happening. And of course, um, one of the biggest ways that that expresses is with um, health and wellness and the way that we tend to the physical body. People realizing, oh, I can, I can trust my own sense of what's going on with my body. I can trust the information that I'm 
getting. Um, I can trust what I'm feeling. Um, I don't have to wait for some expert um, or some, yeah, yeah, some expert to tell me what's happening, um, but that I can trust what I'm feeling and that I can go from there. I think that is so empowering for people to feel that sense of choice and agency and power within their own lives. Um, and I think also is, like you said, um, a new respect and reverence for rest mm-hmm. um, and being able to slow down and recognizing that in these spaces where to the outside world, it might seem like nothing is happening and it can be so confusing, um, whether it's because I, I do want to say that, yes, we have this cycle that is the menstrual cycle, um, but we also have the cycle of the seasons um, and what's happening seasonally. And then we all have our own kind of personal wider cycles um, that are unique to where we're at in our lives. And so this need to rest and this need to kind of go inward for a while can be happening for a number of reasons, but it's often very confusing when suddenly, whether it is because of the menstrual cycle or whatever it might be, where we suddenly feel a need to stop what we're doing, where we don't feel that forward momentum anymore. Um, I think we've been conditioned to think that that's a bad or wrong place or thing to feel. Mm-hmm. and um yeah so that's a huge part of it is really um making space for us to um know when that is happening know when that rest is being asked for and and really welcoming it in um as a celebratory thing and welcoming it with loving arms and knowing that um the the degree to which we can meet that slowdown and really settle into it, I think is proportionate to what we're able to then create um, mm-hmm. and what we're able to give life to. Um, so that sense of rest and trusting, trusting the body, trusting that it's okay to slow down that yes, our cycles have um, waxing and waning rhythms and are constantly changing and that um, slowing down is not a scary place to be, um, which has huge implications for all of us in our lives in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's super true. I feel like in so many ways, I'm really only scratching the surface at the moment of understanding the implications of that. Yeah, I really love that the word, you, you're using the word body fluency and I heard you talk about it so um, I would love to share your thoughts on this because I think they're so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm still even learning what I mean by body fluency. Um, but it came out of, yeah, this consideration of this term body literacy, which is such a beautiful term. Um, speaking about, yeah, essentially being literate in the language of the body and, and often, um, that term and the um, the roots of that term having to do directly with um, knowing our menstrual cycle and kind of understanding what our our menstrual cycle is doing um, and this recog- this realization for me that um, we can have the empowering information. Um, which the information is so empowering to learn what's happening with our bodies, to learn how our cycles work. But it's a very different thing to actually um, do the deeper emotional work to be able to apply that information in a way that actually has an impact on our lives. Um, So having the experience of, of giving folks this information and then not really seeing that translate into, um, that changing how they relate to their health and their well-being and realizing, oh, there's a whole layer of unpacking why it is that we don't listen to our bodies um, and what 
trauma, whether personal or collective, we're holding that um, keeps us in a nervous system state that actually doesn't allow us to slow down enough to say, no, I have a sense and an awareness of what's happening right now. And then not only to have that sense and awareness, but to be able to say, I trust that enough to communicate it um, and to act on it. Mm -hmm. So that's where the idea of body fluency came in. Um, And this idea that I think we all understand of what it means to be fluent in a language um, and to not just have this... um, kind of on paper understanding of the language of the cycle but actually to know how to express what we're truly trying to say in the way that we're trying to say it in a language um and i think what that looks like in relationship to the cycle is so much of what we've already talked about um but yeah being able to be anywhere in our lives um and see our cycle in that space Um, And what I mean by that is the menstrual cycle is not um, something that we can just kind of read in a book. Um, You know, I get that so often, like, what book should I read to learn everything you're sharing? (laughs) And, um, and I've I've gotten better about um, book recommendations. But what's true is that what I've learned hasn't come from books. and and I, I have I love reading. I've learned so much from the books that I, I do read and I have a, a resource list of lots of books on my website. Um but what I've learned really hasn't come from books. Um it's come from yeah, being inside of a menstruating body, being inside of a cyclical body and being in the world that way and um seeing myself reflected back to me in the cycles of nature. Um cycles of the moon and so that's what fluency body fluency feels like to me um, is to not see our uh, cyclical awareness as something that exists in a vacuum um, or that exists in a way that it's like oh let me learn this and then I've learned it and I've learned all there is and I can close the book and move on with my life and learn the next thing Mm -hmm. but rather that it's actually a different way of being in the world um, and I, I don't think this way that I'm talking about this body fluency is um, only available to those who have a menstrual cycle. Um, I actually, when I when I talk about cyclical bodies, this is a way for me to um, talk about bodies that experience um, the hormonal the hormonal dance that is the menstrual cycle. Um, but I, I really do believe that we are all cyclical bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, that We all have a relationship to these cycles that we all come from these cycles. Um, and so, yeah, that it's just a different way of, of being in the world actually. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you so, so much for everything that you shared. I really am super excited to share this and, I just love the sound of your voice as well. I feel like it's such a beautiful, like it really drops in for me, you know, like I can really take in what you're saying and I feel very inspired and I'm excited to continue being in your membership and share this conversation. So thank you so much for talking to me. And before we go, is there anything else that wants to be shared? And can you tell us where people can find you and what you're offering? Yeah, um... So, yeah, you've talked a lot about the membership and um, the cyclical body membership is uh, something that I started to work on in something that began in February of this year. Um, And it's a monthly subscription uh, where you get a, a live class that is also recorded each month that is pertaining to different topics within cycle awareness and um, womb wellness. And so we've had classes on cycle tracking. Um, We've had classes on nourishment and foods to eat for pelvic wellness. We've had a class on the cervix, um, different things like this. And we also work with the cycles and seasons within that. So we have a live circle 
and recorded circle every month for the different earth-based holidays on the wheel of the year which are just honoring the seasonal shifts together um and then also each new and full moon um different offerings recipes interviews writing practices things like this that kind of weave with the theme of the class um and it it was as you said this intention to make this information accessible and fun and kind of easy to work with again not something that exists in a vacuum um but something that actually we can see the way that um our bodies and our cycles relate to all of these different aspects of life and so um i think that's a wonderful way to kind of tune into to all of this um and then i also offer an online evergreen course that's called fluency menstrual literacy and radical self-care and it is the um my version of a foundations course for menstrual cycle awareness so um, it goes through the physiology and really breaking down um, how the menstrual cycle works on a hormonal physiologic level. Um, and then that's the basis for kind of springboarding into a more energetic, subtle, um, psycho-spiritual understanding of the cycle and our own systems. And it's all very much in the voice and language that I'm sharing here around um, yeah, accepting the body, listening to the body, really creating that um, fertile foundation for a relationship with the body. Um, and then it's seeming like about twice a year right now, um, offering a deeper dive on online group program called um, Encompass Mystery School. And this is a 10-week exploration of the way that the menstrual cycle aligns with the wheel of the year, aligns with all of the um, seasons and transitions of the earth cycles and the moon cycles. Um, and then, yeah, of course, working with folks one-on-one is, is always super lovely. Um, and right now I'm loving offering something called pelvic energy medicine sessions, which are I think the languaging that most folks would understand it as is essentially womb healing sessions, um, but we're we're working with the the energetic body of the pelvis um, and ancestral pieces and subtle body pieces, um, really based in yeah this listening to the body. And so, yeah, those are all the ways that I'm um, yeah in community and sharing right now. And um, the link to that in the show notes as well. So if anyone got excited but couldn't um, remember everything, there'll be time and space to check that out. And I also really want to encourage people to look at your website because it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm also a web designer, so I'm always creating, try, trying to create spaces where you arrive somewhere and you're like, oh, wow, it mm -hmm. feels so calming and there's a fuzzy butterfly and I mean mm -hmm. you know, like, the fuzzy butterfly really really got me that's so beautiful so yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you so much um yeah like I said really excited to share this and really grateful for your time and all the wisdom that you've shared so thank you so much thank you so much for having me this was really sweet <laughs> mm -hmm.